Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. This is an episode previewing Michigan's first Big Ten matchup of the season as they host Rutgers on Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Kickoff time. So we'll talk about some of the keys to the game for the Wolverines. We will also do our over-under predictions. We'll, we'll talk about a couple storylines that, that, that came up this week in press conferences and then ultimately make our final game predictions. Lots of preview content up and more coming over at michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Be sure to check it all out. Uh, there's statistical previews, storyline previews, lots, lots, to, lots to be covered as the Wolverines and Rutgers both. 3-0. Michigan 3-0 for the first time since 2017. I don't know the last time Rutgers was 3-0, but there are some years they don't get to they didn't get to three wins, period. So clearly they're a they're a resurgent team. So Steve, let's start looking at the keys to Michigan's offense. Rutgers defense quietly, well, I don't know how quiet it is, but but they are better than they've been. Uh, I think. I think you could argue they're, they're even better than they were in 2020, but they are, I mean, top, top 20 in yards per game allowed, yards per play allowed, passing yards allowed, passing yards per play allowed, uh, you know, completion percentage, they're number two in the country, you know, forced a lot of turnovers, number two, third down defense in the country. This is, this is against a pretty subpar schedule, but in your mind, what is the key for Michigan's offense? in this game. I think they got to neutralize the linebackers, right? Rutgers has a couple of good linebackers. Um, was it Olakunle? I can't remember how you pronounce his last name, but a lot of people had him picked as, uh, yeah, Ola, uh, Fadu, Fadu Kasi. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think some people had him picked as a, like a potential all American candidate uh, heading into the season and is definitely one of the best, defenders in the big 10, regardless of position. So got to figure out a way to kind of keep those guys guessing, you know, which, which this will be a good, given that, you know, that, that linebacker looks like Rutgers best position. This might be a good little lead into the Wisconsin game next week. As far as uh, a defense that can maybe test Michigan's running game a little bit more. So, you know, again, I think maybe this is a game also where they're going to have to open it up. A little bit more, and I believe one of Rutgers' starting projected starting corners is definitely not playing. Right? Was he one of the guys arrested? Melton. Yeah. Did he start? Did they? Did they say how? Yes. Yes. Melton was a starter. Um, I mean, he was Max. Max Melton. He was their number three defensive player according to Pro Football Focus as well. Right. Really good in coverage and and a backup cornerback. Also, uh, it was a part of this paintball incident. I don't think it's been – well, at the time that we're recording this, I don't think it's been officially announced how long they're suspended, but it would be kind of weird if they were suspended for three days of practice and then played in Saturday's game, um, just just optically speaking. But, but I guess immediate, – Suspended immediately is the phrase. I mean, that doesn't usually mean that you'll see them on Saturday. But, again, yeah. Yeah, who knows? But I agree. You're right in that they haven't made it um, – you know, a hundred percent clear what their status is for Saturday's game, but either way, you know, let's just say they don't play uh, that gives Michigan 
a little more comfort maybe in, in trying mm-hmm. to throw the football. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think this quietly will be a nice little test for Michigan's running game and in, in them it, with them to maybe have to pass the ball a little bit more. So, um, yeah, it's really hard to what, what to make of Rutgers. Like you said, three, three wins is more than they would have gotten in a lot of years. And, and they haven't beat a beaten like a murderer's row necessarily, but you know, Temple and Syracuse are two teams that Rutgers would not have beaten uh, in many, certainly many not, years. you know, with that Temple game, certainly not by that many points. Absolutely. You know, I think they like quadrupled the spread, if not more. I mean, they were, I don't know, yeah. maybe. Um, so yeah, not your, how would you say it? Not your older brothers, Rutgers. I, I'm trying to think <laughs> of a way it's like where it's not too far, too, not too long ago, but also not uh, too recently. So uh, yeah, maybe not like your older siblings, Rutgers, but uh, Michigan still favored by by 19 last check. Yeah, well, and, and and a lot of that is a testament to Michigan. You know, these spreads. If you go look at like the analytics sites, uh, you know, thinking about Football Power Index or you know Bill Connolly's S and P rankings, you know, all these other rankings and things. I mean, 18 points is is about accurate. That's that's kind of. 18, 19 points, uh, but that that a lot a lot of that has to do with Michigan being perceived as a top ten team by those sites. You know, Rutgers is still number forty three in the Football Power Index. I think Pro Football Focus has them as a top sixty team. So not quite necessarily a, a team knocking on the door of being ranked, at least on on what has been shown so far. But not 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 a nothing game either. So for me. I think the big key, and fans are going to be annoyed by this, but for the key for Michigan's offense is just keep running the ball. <laughs> you know, I, I know fans are going to want to see Michigan air it out. This is—I don't think this is the matchup to do it. You know, I guess we'll see how things look with Melton out of the picture, but but they've got—I mean, they've got a whole secondary that grades out really well in in pass coverage, and and I, I just. I, I mean, it's a lot of guys who I've been covering in my annual season preview type stories for years. You know, Avery Young, I, I can't believe he's still at Rutgers. I feel like I was writing about him in 2018 as, you know, kind of their star cornerback. Uh, you know, Christian, I think it's Izian, another safety. Um, you know, they've got, they've got Najee Jones, kind of a, you know, I think he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, Keyshawn. Abraham. Yeah, it's it's just they've got a lot of guys who who have really good coverage stats so far this season. And it's an athletic secondary. And and you're you're so right about the linebackers, too. A lot of four star guys, a lot of former top 250 recruits. I think one way to to kind of illustrate that is is Drew Singleton is just in terms of snaps played. He's like their sixth or seventh linebacker. And so um, you know, former Michigan player who transferred. So it's it's really not the 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 back seven, I guess, is really nothing to to sneeze at. But I do think Michigan will have an advantage running the ball. I think they will have an opportunity. You know, thinking about Haskins and and Corum when he gets to the second level, this feels like a game where Michigan could run. Maybe not for 350 yards like what they've been averaging, but probably could run for at least 250 yards. And that I feel like that'd be enough. You know, we'll talk about Rutgers offense in a moment, but this is a defensively driven team. So if, if Michigan has a size 
and strength and skill advantage up front. And they have, you know, very good running backs, maybe two of the top four or five in the entire big 10. Just, just, I mean, hammer that home. Don't, don't even, you know, pass the ball, obviously to keep the defense honest, but, but this is, this is a Rutgers team matchup wise. They, they would fare much better against a team that's reliant on the pass than a team that's reliant on the run. And so far, Michigan has looked, if they're not relying on the run, they, they're much more comfortable rushing the ball. So I think this is a game where they're going to be able to, Michigan will be able to impose their will a little bit running the ball. And I don't see any reason to deviate too much from that. It's, it's, it's working. Uh, they, you know, the number one in the country in, in rushing yards per game, number four in yards per carry. So certainly seems like to me, it might, might be frustrating to fans. They might be tired of hearing, oh, the team Michigan's playing has really good secondary, kind of like what we said against Washington, which I think you and I both said before the game that was going to be a game where Michigan had to run the ball. Turns out that's just about all they did. So um, I think this is a similar situation. I don't think Rutgers cornerbacks are untouchable, especially with Melton out. But I think this is a game where if Michigan – if Michigan averages at least five yards per carry, I don't think there's any scenario where they're not losing this game or not winning this game. Excuse me. Steve, your key for Michigan's defense in this game. I say just keep the energy going. You know, I think that's really what has sort of fed the strong start. I think you saw Aiden Hutchinson tweet about being ready for Big Ten season. Uh, McDonald's comments about making a play is hard to do. So you should be celebrating when you do make a play. You know, I just, I think that energy level is something Michigan sorely lacked the last couple seasons. And I think that's something that I think if they bring that every Saturday at home, they're going to be in, incredibly difficult to beat. Not saying, you know, they have to bring it everywhere, but what I'm, I think when they do bring it and they're at home, I just think they're going to be, uh, very formidable, more formidable than they would be on the road. Uh, so more of an intangible sort of thing. But for me, I, I really think it comes down to, well, the basics. You know, I think the front four needs to build off of what they've shown the last couple of weeks. And I, I think I agree with Jim Harbaugh. I think he said that Jamon Green, Vince Gray had their best game of the season last week. I think you need to keep building off of those. I think guys are getting better, you know, tangibly. So just kind of keep climbing that mountain a little bit um, to borrow a, an idiom from the 97 season. I mean, that's what they, that was their thing was climbing the mountain. And I think in a way, Michigan, this Michigan defense uh, that maybe that's the approach that they should kind of take. So yeah, I mean, Rutgers again, solid. They have some playmakers, but I don't know if they have any really anything that's going to like scare the hell out of them. You know, I think this is really a game that's within Michigan. It's more of a Michigan does what they do, uh, then they should be able to take care of business. Yeah, I think this is not an offense that should scare Michigan fans. Perhaps they have some success just because we don't know a ton about Michigan's defense just yet. And, and obviously Rutgers did have success against Michigan last season, but it, the Scarlet Knights seem – a little one-dimensional, if I'm if I'm being frank. I mean, they're averaging 3.3 yards per carry. 
and they're averaging 144 rushing yards per game. Those are really, really below average numbers. And, and, you know, they're putting a lot on Noah Vidral's plate. And he had a, he had a great game against Michigan last year, probably the, probably going to end up being the game of his career. I think it was 386 passing yards. And so far this season, he's doing well. He's completed 71 and a half percent of his passes. He's thrown four touchdowns with no picks. Um, so they can throw the ball, but I, I think the one thing where I think Michigan can really kind of end any sort of upset opportunity and something that they didn't do a ton of last season is bring the pass rush. They have, you know, they have Aiden Hutchinson healthy, Josh Ross, uh, another guy who I think brings a lot of energy to that defense to where maybe the younger players or players who are kind of going through the ups and downs of the game can feed off of just like they do with Aiden Hutchinson. They can feed off of the play of Josh Ross. You know, if those two can get in the backfield, if maybe you can get some, some push from your interior guys like Chris Jenkins, Mozzie Smith, Christopher Hinton, who, who another guy who I think he's get, got better over the past three games in my personal opinion. So, you know, Rutgers offensive line, still not anything spectacular. Uh, you know, and that's that's where that's the difference between Rutgers and maybe the rest of the Big Ten East teams that have some excitement about them is is I think Rutgers is still trying to figure things out in the trenches. And so, yeah, if they can get a pass rush, if they can get Nova Draw to have to hurry his throws, he's better at the hurry throws this year than last year. You know, last year it seemed like they were a little reliant on the deep ball against Michigan. He's pretty good at those. I guess what the, you know, one step drop, three step drop, and just get rid of the ball right away. A little bit better at those this year, but if if he has to rely on those, I think Michigan's going to have the edge. I, I, they just they don't have much of a run game. I don't think there. I think there's going to be a good amount of third and long situations for the Scarlet Knights, especially if Michigan holds its own in coverage. And so, pin your ears back, get the NASCAR package on the field, you know, Mike Morris, I think is someone who really shines in that role, being able to go inside for pass rushing situations. Yeah. If they, if they, if Michigan has a, has a solid pass rush, which they haven't, I think lived up to the hype this year in pass rushing so far, but they have the tools and they've had some really strong moments. I think they have a chance to really dominate this game and, and put Rutgers in a situation where, I mean, they're, they're kind of in desperation mode offensively from the jump. Steve, any other keys to this game for Michigan? You know, thinking about narrative storylines from this week, uh, you know, players that are that are well, we'll talk about players in a moment. But, but any other keys to this matchup to make sure that Michigan, I guess, wins comfortably because they're, they're favored to win pretty heavily. But I think if it, I think if they won by three, I think Michigan fans would be disappointed. So I guess not just winning, but also winning and looking good while doing it. Get AJ Henning the ball more. Like we've talked See about my this. tweet today. I know, but I, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, anybody that's followed this knows I've been saying that for 10 damn years, like the independence day. Uh, yeah. When he was, when he uh, graduated from elementary school, fifth grade graduation, yep, I called it. I picked him as a 2021 breakout player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think I think getting him and Roman Wilson the ball in actual passing 
situations is something I think Michigan needs to start maybe look at doing a little bit more or at least trying to create some some packages or some route combinations to to get those guys some looks because here's don't get me wrong the way they've been able to run the ball between the tackles is going to leave that open at the very least they'll be able to continually use the the end arounds as a decoy much more than they have been they've been able to in years past but i still think these guys are are can be huge assets for them in the passing game uh you know and we've seen you know i don't know how many times and I think the coaches feel the same way. I mean, we, we see what Hennick does when he has the ball in his hands. Um, punt return looked like a strength all of a sudden within the matter of a week. You know, you get him the ball. He, he's, he's quick, shifty, slippery enough to, you know, to, to make some stuff happen. And I think he can do the same thing in the passing game. And I feel the same way about Roman Wilson too. So I'm not interested to see if those guys maybe get the ball a little bit more in the passing game or if, or if they are going to be, you know, I don't want to say relegated, but so far it's been pretty a pretty McDoom usage for both of those guys as far as actual offense goes. So, you know, and don't get you know Baldwin really stepped up, and I, I mentioned him last week after the game as as his emergence being really a really nice thing uh, for Michigan going forward. Is it looks like McNamara is very comfortable in throwing him the ball, uh, but we've seen you know Michigan's got a lot of weapons, and we're starting to finally see that come to fruition. Uh, I think trying to get those guys the ball a little bit more would only do wonders for them uh, and with everything else they're trying to do. Yeah, I think, I think the Henning point is, is a good one in six offensive touches this season, which I count all passing targets and then rushing attempts as well. He has 136 yards and, and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a really high efficient clip. And I still think, and I think you are on the same page as me, they haven't really showcased his entire arsenal of skills yet. I mean, he's, he's a guy that can really create separation downfield. He has really good vertical leaping ability. You know, he is, he is shorter, so it's not like he's going to go up for the 50-50 red zone, you know, heave it up and hope someone jumps up and gets it. But, but in terms of stuff over the middle, uh, you know, I think he'd be someone that could really excel in some of those quick out routes so it's yeah i think i think there's a there's a lot to be gained from it especially if Rutgers maybe has a weak spot somewhere in its secondary it might it might have a good secondary overall but if they're missing melton then and 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 maybe his backup too suddenly there's there's little pockets in the field that they can can try to exploit yeah, so anyway, we're going to hit a break on the other side. We've got our over-unders, and then we've got our final game predictions. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Thanks for waiting. So, of course, our, our over-unders are always provided to us from via Azul over on the over on our message board and, and on Twitter. I, I think it's Beige Galaga. I'm not, not entirely sure. But last week, we both went 5 for 8. So, so far this season, I'm 11 for 16. Steve, you are 10 for 16. So, maybe... Listeners, maybe don't put money on, on our picks just yet, but but it's an interesting way to to preview the upcoming game. Offense, two hundred and twenty nine point five passing yards for Michigan's quarterbacks. Do they throw for two hundred and thirty yards or more? Steve, your thoughts? I'm going to go over. I'm going to go on a hunch here. So nothing, nothing really to add there. We just got done talking about the passing game, all the different weapons. Um, I think they go over, you know, Rutgers could be down two of their three best corners. Michigan's offensive line looked excellent. I know again, Northern Illinois, but even against Washington when needed and, uh, Western, they look obviously capable of pass protection. So I think they may, and again, I look at this as being spurred by maybe a big player too. I don't, I don't think this is Michigan throws the ball 40 times. And gets there. I think they just hit. They hit a couple big plays and, and get the over on that yardage. I'm going to take the under. I, 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 I really think this this Rutgers defense reminds me a little bit of Washington, and I, I think, I think there might be some. I, I guess it'll be an interesting test to see if Michigan throws the ball for the sake of throwing the ball, or if they really just continue to score running the ball and say. We don't really care about the optics. We're just going to score. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I kind of, it, it also kind of feels like this is a game Michigan will, they might not win by as many points as they've won the previous few, but I think it's a game that they're going to be able to control for much of the game. And that's usually a situation where Michigan is, is especially when they have multiple running backs. I think that's one thing that if I, if I could go on a, a small mini rant here is Michigan fans are often talking about, Oh, you can't run the ball that many times and win. I think that's normally true. I think you do need to pass to win in the college level, but they have three very legit. I mean, they have one running back who's starting to enter the Heisman conversation. They have another one who is probably a top five running back in the big 10. And then they have a five-star freshman who, who has looked very good when he's had the ball still something to be said for doing it against better defenses. But I, I think when you have that many running backs and you have guys who can do a variety of plays, like it's, it's not three yards in a cloud of dust. It's not, you know, it's not that it, it really is a lot of misdirection. There's been counters. There's been a lot of, a lot of things that are going to keep defenses guessing a little bit. And, and I'd, I'd argue Corum and Edwards are both, legitimate threats in the passing game they've both lined up at receiver so 
anyways, all of that to say, I don't think Michigan is actually doomed if they are s- such a run heavy team this year. It's not, it's not like a boring running game. It's a very successful running game. I think it's going to work on Saturday. And I think that they just, especially if there's a chance that it rains, I think, I think I'm going to take the under on this one. Number two, Blake Corum is Michigan's leading rusher by 29.5 yards. I, I think I'm going to take the over on that. That seems high. You know, if he rushes for 120, that would mean Haskins or, or Edwards or anyone else would have to be 90 or below. But I don't know. It's, he just he looks very much like a star. I, I said it kind of as a question on Saturday's episode. Uh, you know, is, is he Michigan's best playmaker at a skill position since Denard Robinson? I, I'm increasingly having rewatched Saturday's game and having rewatched all of these games increasingly thinking yes so i'm gonna i'm gonna say he has another big game and and is ahead of all of the other rushers by 30 yards or more steve where are you on this one yeah i'm with you i'll say is it over in this one um yeah the big playability i think is what separates is why i'll go with the over on that one because he's shown not only a knack for making something out of nothing, but he's also shown a knack for just taking one to the house. And uh, right. <laughs> right. So I, I, with that alone, you know, Haskins value, while he is obviously capable of making big plays, I don't see him as the, you know, 85 yard touchdown kind of guy, whereas Corum in any given situation, as well as Michigan is block up front. I feel like they're, that's, weirdly a possibility it's like we haven't been able to say that about a Michigan running back um in how long even Hart as great as he was was never a threat to really take 190 yards um so you know Corum a unique talent one I think Michigan it's uh it's already been a lot of fun to watch him you know kind of uh emerge nationally so uh I'll go with the over I, I I think if if yeah I just think the, it's one of those you play the odds, and I think that the odds are in favor of that for him. Next up, 5.5 plays of at least 20 yards. I think this has been a huge strength for Michigan this season. I don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head. I'll get them in a moment. But I, I kind of – five and a half or six or more, I guess I should say, that is a high number of 20-yard plays. I'm kind of inclined to think that they can pull it off, though. I mean, you mentioned Corum. We've mentioned A.J. Henning. Roman Wilson, I, I think, has already had a few, but even, even he looks like he has more to offer than what has been shown so far. Um, plus, you mentioned the offensive line. That's going to open things up for Haskins. And then Edwards is, has pretty good big playability as well, but um, certainly as a freshman, benefits from an offensive line that's that's really mowing people down in a lot of ways. So I think the, I think Rutgers is a better defense than, you know, Northern Illinois and Western Michigan. I think that there's just a step below Washington's same time. I, I, I just, I feel like this is a big play offense. I feel like the, the recruiting efforts to find big play threats is, is really starting to pay off now. Five and a half plays of at least 20 yards. Steve, where do you fall on this one? 
I got to go with the over just because of how, especially because of how, like I said, how well the offensive line is played. I think it, it, you know, yeah. Think about how many different guys in this offense could are a 20 yard threat on any given play. Uh, Corum Haskins, like you said, Edwards, even in the certain situation, uh, Johnson, Baldwin, Henning, Wilson, even Sainer still too, who's really kind of been very quiet so far. I'm kind of interested to see how he looks or how, if he gets any more opportunities in the passing game in the next couple of weeks. You know, he's had a very, very quiet start to the season. So just too many possibilities all, even if they, you know, if they uh, play the, they throw down the seam a little bit more. So a lot of, a lot of possibilities for that. And I just, I think the offensive line continues to do a good enough job where they'll, they'll get that done. So I'm going to take the over as well. So far this season, Michigan has 17 such plays through three games. So I guess five and a half is around average last year. Last year, they were quietly a, a solid big play offense as well. They had 31 in six games. So anyways, final offensive one, seven and a half targets for the tight ends and the running backs. I'm going to take the over. I've mentioned a few times. I actually, even with Max Melton out, I'm impressed by Rutgers cornerbacks. I think this is a game where kind of like Washington, where Michigan maybe says, hey, we won't throw there. You know, or, or we won't throw there unless we have to, as long as the, as long as the offense is moving the football, you know, we can take the lower degree of difficulty route to scoring. So I'm going to say over, I think the running backs and tight ends, uh, once again, get targeted quite a bit in the passing game. Where do you fall on this one? I'll say over, um, <clears throat> we, we see, you know, they've shown a proclivity of getting these guys, you know, quorum, another one. That's where I, another area where I think Michigan could hit the over on that first over under, uh, because quorum could be the guy to take one to the house in the passing game. And we've seen him do it in the running game, but he's uh, clearly a threat, uh, to catch it out of the backfield as well. So, uh, I'll go with the over also. It's uh, McNamara seems to gravitate a little bit to the dump downs, particularly, you know, like I think of the Washington game, we, we saw maybe did he struggle a little bit? Yes, but like can, can really make the check down throws and, and, you know, Eric all has looked good the last couple of weeks also. So, you know, kind of a safety valve type guy. So I can see them using them. So I'll say over as well. All right. Next we move to the defense 79.5 all purpose or is all purpose or scrimmage. All-purpose yards, so return game counts for Isaiah Pacheco. He's he's a running back. He's their starting running back. He has uh, closing in on 2,000 career rushing yards and 20 rushing touchdowns. Also has uh, just just under 250 receiving yards. Looks like in the return game he has not played, so I guess it's really scrimmage yards for the most part. Does he get to 79.5? I'm going to take the under. He only has 165 this season, only averaging 3.6 yards per carry. Uh, feels like someone Michigan should be aware of, but feels unlikely that he gets to 80 yards in, in a game like this. Steve, what do you think? I feel like we've, we've only disagreed on one, right? The first one? Uh, I think the first two. Okay. But, I, I mean, I'm, go I'm going the under also. Uh I, I just, yeah, I don't see him making that big of an impact. Your, your season stat, I was already going to go with the under, but your season stat 
cements it for me. So yeah, hard to see him, you know, making a big impact in either aspect of the game. Michigan has looked good so far uh, defensively. And also, like you said, Rutgers doesn't really throw anything at you up front that makes you think that Michigan is going to be overmatched or at any kind of disadvantage. So I'm going to take the under. Yeah. 1.5 sacks for Aiden Hutchinson. As a general rule, I never make individual sack predictions because I'm almost always wrong. So I'm going to take the under. I'll, I'll take the under. He, he has three and a half this year. I think the rest of Michigan's team only has two and a half or something. But So he's obviously their main pass rusher. Does he get to 1.5 sacks or more in this game? What do you think? I'll go over. I, I, I always agree with your logic in the predicting sack totals. It's like predicting turnovers. Um, but I think he gets a couple. He's, I mean, he's been awesome so far. He's been an all American. If we're being honest, um, top 10 draft pick. I mean, he's, he's a NFL caliber player right now. So I'm going to take the over. I think he puts his stamp on this game. I'm not saying he gets like three or four, but one, one and a half. I, I'll give him two. I think he gets two. Okay. Yeah, no, totally, totally fair. The Rutgers does rank decent in avoiding sacks. Next up, 10.5 tackles for loss plus pass breakups for the defense. I, th- I think this is an over. This, it's a high number for just tackles for loss and pass breakups, but I think Rutgers' propensity to pass and their inability to run the ball effectively I think this is actually quietly an area where Michigan could be really successful there. Um, They rank, uh uh-oh, I lost, there it is. (laughs) They rank, oh, oh, now I lost it again. There we go. They rank 112th nationally in tackles for loss allowed per game. Only 27th nationally in sacks allowed per game. But certainly having some difficulties eliminating negative plays which makes me think they're going to throw a lot, which makes me think Michigan will get some pass breakups. What do you think on this one? Ten and a half tackles for loss plus pass breakups combined for the Michigan's defense. I'll go with the over also. So just think this, I think you look at this game and I think the biggest mismatch in this game is Michigan's defense on the Rutgers offense. And, and I think you look at how Josh Ross has played extremely aggressively early on, uh, you got Dax Hill running all over the place. You know, I, I just think Michigan makes enough plays defensively. I think they get there. So also solid pat, you know, they haven't quite forced the turnovers in the you know, like interceptions in the passing game of their defensive backs, but they have made a few plays on the ball. Uh, so I'll go with the over. That'd be a close one though. I think that one's going to be close. Yeah. I, 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 would be curious to see what they did last season. I know last season I counted havoc plays overall, so it also includes turnovers and I don't remember if there was another one that I included in there, but they had 15 last year against Rutgers after really struggling to even get to 10 against Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Indiana. All right, our final over-under, Michigan's longest punt or kickoff return is 34.5 yards. Steve, your thoughts? Over. You think they get a 35-yard return? Or more? 
yeah, I'm just playing okay. the odds. I'm just playing the odds. I, I just it happens every once in a while. I, Michigan has done so well. I feel like maybe they're due to let something up a little bit. Um, at, wait, at wait, the, wait. To clarify, to clarify, I'm saying Michigan's longest return. Oh, Michigan's longest return. Yes. Over. Yeah, still over. Okay. No, I think they'll do. I think they'll do it. Yeah. I still All right. feel the same way. Michigan's again, their special teams. The the I guess the original point still stands. Uh, their special teams has been excellent so far this season, pretty much across the board. And uh, they have too many athletes that they can throw back there. Uh, Corum being one of them, uh, you know, too many guys back there. I think that are capable of doing it at any time. So I think Saturday may be a game where we finally see it. Yeah, certainly will be interesting. I, it, if this happens, it's going to come in the kick return game. That Michigan is not going to be factoring much into the punt return game this this in this game. Uh, Rutgers has, in my opinion, by quite a wide margin, the best punter in the country, Adam Corsak. He is averaging 52 yards per punt, and only one of them has been returned. And it was only returned for, I think, three yards. Might have only been two yards even. Um, they just... He's an elite punter. He can place it anywhere. He probably honestly could have declared early for the draft and gone pro last season. He probably would be a starting NFL punter right now. So uh, don't think he's going to allow too many big returns. The kick return game, it, it will be interesting because I think Michigan's philosophy is very much don't even worry about the touchback. Shoot your shot. Try to try to get a big return. And with Corum, I didn't realize that their um, you know, squib kick kick return fielders are like Mike Sainer still, you know, guys, guys who can still house one and who can still, who still have a lot of playmaking potential. So I think it's possible. I'm pretty comfortable taking the under though. Rutgers is an elite, elite special teams team. You know, they, they have some good returners too. Um, I believe it was Aaron Crookshank who, you know, he was Wisconsin's former return man. I think he took a punt return 61 yards to the house last week. Yeah, they're top 25 in kick return yards per attempt and punt return yards per attempt. So, as you mentioned, Michigan's special teams under-discussed. Rutgers' special teams might be their, their biggest strength on the entire team. Anyways, final thoughts on the matchup and your final score prediction. Steve, I'll let you go first with this one. So we're talking about the line... I think it's like a, I think it's a, a a good line for this game because I think both our predictions are going to be somewhere around what it is. It's at 19 still, correct? It, it, it was last check. Um, let's say it's 18 and a half or 19. It's somewhere around there. Which felt really high when I first saw it on Sunday, but then I kind of started to look a little bit, and and that's you're right. It's not like an outrageous line. If it, yeah. if it's moved, I don't think it's moved a ton. Right. Uh, now I know it. So 19 is where they opened and it bumped down to 18 and a half means there's not a lot of movement, not a lot of confidence. Maybe that Rutgers can, can cover that number. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's at home. Michigan has looked really comfortable on both sides of the ball. I think that that energy plus that just poise and comfort that it looks like they have particularly up front on both sides. You know, I think the it'll, it'll, kind of show again. I think Michigan cruises to an extent, you know, I don't know if it's a, a runaway, but I, I do think it's, it's a game that they comfortably win. I'm going to go 
I am. I am. I'm, I'm, we're almost, we probably have the same score prediction too. I'm going to, I'm going to go 35 to 17 uh, Michigan over Rutgers. I think they run the ball successfully and I think they make a couple big plays uh, defensively. Yeah. At some point our score predictions aren't going to be so simple. Well, actually maybe not. Cause I think we are on the same page with what Michigan is and, and it's, it's still kind of guesswork onto what these other teams are until more conference games have been played. I am with you. I think Michigan wins this game in the trenches. I, I think that they have a much better offensive line than Rutgers defensive line. And I think on the other end, it's, it's at least a push and Aiden Hutchinson maybe pushes them over the edge in that. Yeah. I think that I just don't think Rutgers is going to be able to get into a rhythm when they are playing on the road, they are playing. And that, that actually means something this year. It's, you know, with, with, fans in the stands and everything Michigan does play extremely well at home. I'd be really curious. This is an unofficial, so it might be harder to actually track, but under Jim Harbaugh, I feel like so many September home games are billed as quote, Michigan's first test of the season. You know, I think 2015, it was BYU Northwestern 2016. It was Penn state and Colorado. Um, I guess 2017, you know, there wasn't any marquee home game. 2018, I, I almost want to say Nebraska was labeled as such. Maryland might have been labeled as such. You guys are getting the picture here. It's always billed as like, oh, it'll be their first test. We'll see what they have. And then they just clobber the team by 30. And everyone forgets that it was ever mentioned as a test. So I, this, this, I kind of get those vibes from this game. I, I'm not still kind of feel roughly the same as I did before the season about Michigan's outlook this fall. You know, we mentioned that in our last episode, kind of recapping the the Northern Illinois game, but Michigan is a better team than Rutgers. They're playing at home. And I don't think this is the best matchup for Rutgers defense. I, I think that they would do really well against a team that is still trying to figure out its run game or still trying to figure out its offensive line and is relying on downfield passing. But Michigan has shown they will beat a Power 5 team with hardly a single downfield pass, period. And so, yeah, I think, I think Michigan wins this game. My score prediction, Michigan 31, Rutgers 13. So same margin as you, uh, just maybe a slightly lower scoring game. Maybe you can chalk that one up to the rain. Anyways, for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. Be sure to check out all of our preview content. Be sure to check out our recruiting podcast that's coming out, uh, I guess, pretty much in the same 24-hour stretch that this one comes out in. And, and stay tuned at the michiganinsider.com and michigan.247sports.com for stories leading up to and throughout the weekend. This is the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.